This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. I am Stephen Bradford Long, and I'm here with Danielle, my good friend. Say hello, Danielle. Hello, Danielle. How How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Awesome. We're here in a gorgeous old wooden mountain house in a rainstorm. It's lovely. Uh, So... Uh, Danielle is the co-host for this week. The format that that we're going to be doing for the next uh, several weeks is a rotating cast of co-hosts. And uh, that's kind of how it's working out for now. So right now, Danielle is with me. We have been dear friends for years and years, forever, since high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're now in our early 30s, (laughs) late 20s. So for this episode, we thought that we would address the far right. In America. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Big topic. <laughs> Thought we would address the far right. There's a lot of really scary stuff going on with President Trump and all the insanity going on there, kind of, and, and the insanity that's going on in the far right. We thought that we would address that, but also maybe have some fun with it and maybe get a bit mad, but also laugh about it and, and try to talk it out. So. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do, there is this <laughs> great <gasps> website that I've been following for a while. It's called <laughs> Right Wing Watch. And basically what Right Wing Watch, it's from uh, an organization called People for the American Way. And what Right Wing Watch does is it collects all uh, just little sound bites, little snippets of the crazy stuff that you hear on the right and um and so it just keeps tabs it's a watchdog it keeps tabs on the far right and what's going on and uh there are some honestly it doesn't provide a lot of commentary it just kind of tells you yeah. what they said a- absolutely yeah. and so i'm going to so danielle does not know what's coming she has <laughs> no. no idea i'm going to read her these articles these headlines and we're just going to talk it out and fair warning i might get angry so like okay background i'm a girl i was raised in a religious household anger was not an emotion that was encouraged or even really allowed and so for a very long time i kind of fooled myself into believing that i didn't get angry well that's not true anymore (laughs) so i respect you know all all sincerely held beliefs i respect the people who hold them absolutely Um, but also I'm going to laugh at Right Wing Watch and I might get real mad. And we might get real <laughs> mad. Now, what is not in question is people's basic human dignity. Right. And we mm-hmm. are open to conversation if you are. And uh, so, you know, if you happen to be on the right and listen to this and want to respond, please, uh, please. Please uh, do. Yeah, yeah. please uh, leave a comment. Leave a comment on my website or on Twitter or wherever and, and we'll respond. If you're willing to have a conversation, we are too. So. With that, mm-hmm. oh no! <laughs> let's get started. Okay, here we go. Oh. We are. We're going deep in the belly of the beast. Here, guys. We are going deep in the belly of the beast. Oh. Uh, so you know, Mark Marin always says um, in his show, "I'm giddy and terrified." That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, about, yeah, about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. giddy and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially about doing this on a podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. We around the house. We've started calling Danielle Danielle with a Y E L L. No, we'll like John and I will will be just reading in the bedroom and we'll hear her shrieking in the back <laughs> in the in the kitchen oh, <laughs> at something yelling. online, oh, something dear. on Facebook. It makes for an exciting household. Okay. This is from Jim Baker. Oh. Headline, unsaved people are going insane because of Trump's love of God. Uh, <laughs> are you already are you already short-circuiting? Yes. Okay. Here's what it says. End Times prepper pastor Jim Baker said on his television program today that Quote, unsaved people are going insane because they can't handle the fact that President Trump honors God. Unsaved people are going insane. Yes. They they can't take it. They can't believe that a person was elected to presidency that honored God, Mm -hmm. that wants to keep the cross on top of your church and Jesus in your heart. 
And he wants to stop killing the babies. But we're so perverted, it's so wicked that we think it's normal birth control to kill the baby. Mm-hmm. That's not birth control. That's right. It's murder. I'm sorry. I know you don't like it. I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to even have to get people so upset. But I'm telling you, this is one of the main reasons I believe judgment finally came to America. Mm-hmm. Is we've killed 60 million unborn babies. Mm. 60 million yous. Yeah. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Right. Everybody's for abortion that's still alive. That's right. I don't know what that means, but that's you know what, what that it means. means. <laughs> You have a, a cringe face. I really do. Okay. Um, let's unpack that. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, wow. Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Let's, let's start with unsaved people can't yeah. stand Trump are going because insane he because honors he honors God. God. I would like to know what what points Jim Baker would would cite as evidence that Trump honors God. I think he's I think he's insinuating that uh because Trump is pro life in but the abortion is he, debate, I, I is doubt he, it myself. But because Trump supports pro life policies, perhaps we could say But does but he, does he <laughs> like we don't uh, we yeah, don't fucking because know. Because he has promised to support Pro life, anyway. So, so pro life. That's that's one thing he says. He cross on your church. I don't know of any group, it saved says, or unsaved, that wants to take the cross quote off your church. They would like to have it off of the courthouse, maybe, but not off of your church. And there is an important distinction there. Yeah, a really important <laughs> distinction. Okay, so maybe I think that this also plays into the evangelical psychosis about being persecuted. <sighs> the persecution complex. The persecution complex. Okay, yeah. it all goes back to, okay, I really wish Jesus would have, you know, clarified, <laughs> you know, would have added yeah. an addendum or a PS when he said, blessed are those who persecute you in my name. Or who are persecuted. Yeah, yeah. blessed are those. <laughs> Yes, all the persecutors, they're great. They're great, they're awesome. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Exactly. Okay, so so in the Christian quest for righteousness, they become douchebags. And when they offend people, when what they say just angers people because they're legitimately being awful human beings, not demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit laid out by Paul— They blame it on, oh, they hate Jesus. No, no. They hate the fact that right now you're being rude. Evil. Rude or disrespectful or just downright evil. Just downright yeah. evil in you some yourself, cases. Your behavior. Your behavior is reprehensible. It has yeah. nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with your behavior. And there's this psychosis. I mean, there's this inability for a lot of Christians to get their head out of this. That if... It's this it's this self-righteousness. Yeah. It is this inability to honestly examine themselves mm-hmm. and their behavior. And their behavior and say, mm-hmm. "Well, no, maybe it isn't actually because they you know, the the presence of Christ is a stench to them that that the whole, the righteousness of God is a stench to the world. Maybe it isn't that. Maybe it's just that you are not being a good person." Yeah. You're you're uh, it's and, and and you know, and I'm not perfect i'm not no none of us are but my goodness yeah no but if i do something terrible and somebody calls me on it i i i'm not gonna say it's just because you hate the fact that i love jesus no all right so moving on here's another one this is from tony perkins he's the uh director of the family research council which by the way is uh is listed as a hate group by the southern poverty law center Mm -hmm. And uh, says has has released just totally fallacious, awful lies about the LGBT community. So here's what he says. Headline, Tony Perkins says LGBTQ people in the military create moral confusion that makes men harass women. Uh, 
<laughs> okay. I have cringe face again. Yes, you do. I, I wish we had a video right now of this. Okay, here's here's what it says. Tony Perkins, radio host and president of the anti-LGBTQ hate group Family Research Council, blamed the military's acceptance of gay and transgender service members for creating moral confusion that cost a two-star general his job. During yesterday's episode of Washington Watch, Perkins commented on a USA Today report that a two-star Army general had been fired after an investigation revealed he had sent inappropriate sexy text messages to the wife of a soldier. Naturally, Perkins used the story to continue pushing his anti-LGBTQ agenda. Um, I thought... The new standard of morality was consenting adults. Now, notice she consented. I mean, she was engaging in this. Uh, uh, um, I'm being sarcastic here, folks, so before you start uh, emailing me and calling, I think this is wrong. But who says it's wrong? The military code of conduct? True. But that also said that homosexuality was wrong. But that prohibition is no longer being enforced. In fact, people are punished for not celebrating homosexuality. Same was true of transgenderism. Here's what I'm getting at. It is wrong because it's immoral. It violates the moral law of the Creator. But this is what happens when society thinks it can give a green light to some forms of immoral behavior while red-lighting others. You end up with moral confusion. I mean, look at Hollywood. Long a place of immorality. But when, when you, you don't operate according to the moral... What are, you saying, what are you saying? What do you mean by moral law? Well... There's a moral law, and I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. The moral law is, runs parallel, but the moral law is it's like the laws of nature, and nature is God. Th- these things are inscribed upon people's hearts. They're, the wrong, they're, they're wrong for all people in all places and all times. It's always been held, with few exceptions, that you know, while it might be winked at and accepted, it's still wrong for a man to make advances to another man's wife. And that's where we get our moral, co- our, our moral code is innate. Now, it means we, we, can, we can suppress it, we can deny it, but that's where the moral confusion comes from because it's, it's people think, well, I can, maybe I can get away with it because they can get away with that. That's acceptable today. Maybe I can do this. You see, when we, when we deny that there is a moral law and a moral lawgiver, it leads to confusion and chaos. And we've seen this increasingly within the ranks of our nation's military. Flames. Flames from the side of my face. <laughs> to quote Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, yeah. to give credit where credit's due, that's an article by Jared Holt. Ah, thank yeah. you, Jared. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> thank you, Jared, for your patience oh. and chronicling the lunacy. Oh, my. Well, well... I mean, it's it's an interesting, actually, that's really interesting, kind of it, full of layers. It's, it's, it's it oh, is so many layers. It is fascinating psychologically. Yeah, this is yeah. totally unself-aware scapegoating. Because I might, I might honestly go in and add it and say maybe he's right. Maybe the fact that well, don't ask, don't tell is not still an official military no. policy. No, is it, it was. No. It was. It was. It was done away with. Yes, uh, I could see if the military still had that policy say on the books explicitly on the books and it was being ignored i could see how that might you you might make an argument that because there is a policy that is openly and flagrantly and you know, pe- people are encouraged to ignore it that they might then say well i can get away well, with we ignoring can ignore other, with policies. other policies yeah whatever the policy but might that, be but that's I see a completely separate issue so what so what yeah. you're saying is if it if say don't ask don't tell was still on the books yeah. and people were just flagrantly ignoring mm-hmm. it then then you might be justified in saying then military well, yeah, members, you're encouraging people to ignore military policy sure so then you can ignore other policies right let's take an example let's say so it would that, be s- self justification yeah well let's say that the regulation haircut 
was on the books, which it is, and people were ignoring it and were being encouraged to ignore it. Just to take a, a frivolous sure. example, they were walking around with long hair and that was considered fine and encouraged. And the even next though, thing you know, they're going to be right, wearing dresses. The next thing you know, they're going to be they're wearing make- pierce their ears. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a strange, it's, a, it's an interesting argument to make. And if that were still on the books, then I, I could see how he's saying that a culture, you know, that encourages ignoring one regulation might encourage someone to ignore others. It does make a kind of internal sense. It, in, in some ways. In some ways. In some ways. But. But. <laughs> and it is a big, but, big but. But. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. How even to unpack this? Um, yeah. It is a classic scapegoating. Yeah. It's blaming. Yeah. It is blaming homosexuality and acceptance of homosexuality for. For the misdemeanors of, of cis for straight the, men. For the abuses. Yeah. Of straight men. Yeah. Classic patriarchal, classic blame male shifting. Blame, it's, it's shifting. blame shifting. It is so blame <laughs> shifting. Yeah. Because that guy get, can get away, can, can be gay. Uh, you know, that made me go hit on someone else's wife. And okay, so it, it, this also oh hit, this also hits on something that really annoys me, which mm. is there is this assumption that outside of the Christian faith, yeah. it is this yeah. totally immoral zone. Oh my god! That I don't have a sexual ethic. That I don't have mm-hmm. a moral center. I. Of course, you know, we're all biased towards, you know, we all believe that we're good people, but Mm -hmm. I do have a moral center. I have a very strong moral center. I believe very strongly in morality and in sexual ethics. I believe firmly in sexual ethics. And there's this misunderstanding that that if you don't line up with Christian with morality. fundamentalist yeah. Christian morality. Then you have no system of morality. Then you have no yeah. system of morality. And you're just a terrible, evil person. And that people on the left are these amoral, mm-hmm. like Dr. Frankenfurters from Rocky Horror Picture Show, that, yeah. that we're just these totally amoral beings. Which brings us to the ethics of consent. <laughs> exactly. Which is a good way to explain this. No, sir. No. That woman, I, I, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know from that article whether or not that woman encouraged the general's advances. My guess is no. But, yeah, no, there are so many other. So, first of all, the ethics of consent. Uh, it seems like this might have been a case of harassment where the general's texts were unwanted and he was in a position of power and he was abusing that power. And this woman was on the receiving end of this. Um, yeah, no, e- even even say a secular humanist might be able to say that's wrong. Consent is one of exactly. the basic rules of se- sexual ethics. Why? Not because a creator said so, but because I am also a person and I want my personhood to be respected as well. Absolutely. This is this is one of those cases where, you know, you agree to do a thing because it, you know, it because you want that other people also to do it f- for you. Absolutely. Um anyway, so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and then, and then, oh my, oh my. And then there's the fact that, you know, he's ignoring a a promise that two other people made to each other. Whether or not you yourself believe in marriage, you know, you can certainly say that if somebody does and they make that promise, they should stick to it. And if somebody does and, you know, maybe they're not married, but they believe in, you know, they should they should respect that that union, that promise that these two people have made. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, it's a fascinating. It, it is a fascinating psychological study. <sighs> yeah. And yeah, again, listeners, please share your insights. Please do. On this. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. Okay. So, oh, this is a good one. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Rodney Howard Brown, who prayed over Trump, says Hollywood is rife with human sacrifice and cannibalism. Uh... This is <laughs> this is an article by Kyle Kyle okay. Mantilla. So thank you, Kyle, for your service to humanity. Yeah. Uh, here's the article. <clears throat> Right-wing pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who laid hands upon and prayed over President Trump in the Oval Office earlier this year, is a radical conspiracy theorist. Whew. A characteristic that was on full display during a sermon he delivered at his church in Florida on Sunday morning. During the service, Howard Brown lashed out at Eminem for the attack he delivered against President Trump during a recent awards show, saying that the rapper 
quote, tries to think he is from the hood <laughs> before declaring... <laughs> That's a separate issue there, Rodney. <laughs> Reverend Rodney. Yeah. And quote, before declaring that Hollywood and government leaders regularly engage in cannibalism, pedophilia, and child sacrifice. They've told us to be quiet. They've told us to say nothing and do nothing. But I'll tell you, I draw a line in the sand. Yeah, Eminem drew a line in the sand the other day. <laughs> Looks like he tries to think he's from the hood. Please, give me a break. Some pasty white boy trying to act like he's from the hood. He doesn't even know what the hood looks like. He's made money off the hood. But he's about to get put on a hood. Enough is enough. They've mocked the body of Christ for too long. An army of men and women is rising up in this hour. God is answering our prayer. He will not be mocked. He's a God that answers by fire. Do not be afraid of the showdown. Don't be afraid of the showdown. Don't be afraid. It's time to mock the false gods of Egypt and their prophets. What are these people? What are these holy? They're prophets of the enemy. You know, I mock you. Some say, no, we must be nice so we can win them for Jesus. These people are full of the devil. These people can't even be reasoned with. These are not people that you can talk to. And they already have given their soul to the devil. Are you with me? These people go through seances. These people drink blood. These people sacrifice children. Somebody said they don't do that. They sacrifice children at the highest levels in Hollywood. They drink blood of young kids. This is a fact. That's why the next thing to be exposed will be all the pedophilia that's going to come out of Hollywood and come out of Washington, D.C. The human sacrifice and the cannibalism has been going on for years. Somebody said, oh, they don't do that. It's worse than what you think. You remember when the whole spirit cooking thing came out? That's commonplace, ladies and gentlemen. And many of the Hollywood actors that you go see on a screen, what you don't know, they bring a witch. They do a big seance right there on the set and they worship devils and they allow devils to come into them before they take the part of what they're gonna act. It's a fact what I'm telling you. Respond. Uh, <laughs> well, um, sir, I'm afraid that's slander. For one thing, just to start, I'm afraid I'm afraid that's called slander, what you're saying, uh, because I assume that you have no evidence that would be admissible in a court of law. Yep, none. Uh... And, uh, yeah, like the issue <laughs> it's of just Eminem's stunning. relationship to race seems to me completely, <laughs> completely separate, separate from the issue of cannibalism, child sacrifice and blood drinking. Whether like, Eminem comes from the hood or not is, is a, a completely different <laughs> issue from witchcraft, accusations of witchcraft. <laughs> and oh, my it sounds goodness. like a very ill person. This sounds like someone this sounds like someone who would have who would have set off a witch burning panic in the 1600s. Like I hate Absolutely. to I hate to do that, but the but there are some very key phrases. They can't be reasoned with. They are possessed they by the are devil. They are possessed by the devil. Like these are they these have are given their souls phrases. to the devil. These are phrases that they utterly dehumanize the other. They abuse children. And make it okay to hurt them. Exactly. Sir, you are you are you not only is this slanderous, this is really dangerous rhetoric. Exactly. Good gracious. Whenever I mean if if people want to know why we are concerned yeah, about the why far we're right. Worried. Why we're worried? It is because the man who is now at the highest level of office had is, this pastor pray over him. Normalizing, <laughs> is normalizing. Yes. yes. Is legitimizing. Is legitimizing by association. He isn't mm -hmm. condemning them. No. The, and the far right isn't condemning people no. like this. As far as I've as seen. As far as I've seen. As far as I know, they aren't condemning these people. No. And they are normalizing, legitimizing very dangerous ideas if you want to know why we're worried this is it and when i say dangerous ideas i don't mean danger in the sense that i don't know that a transgender person might 
exist as a transgender person. I mean dangerous in the sense of somebody might actually do violence to people. Someone might do might violence to people. transgender people. Right. Or or to just, or just to anyone, anyone. Anyone. In this culture of of say mass shootings, this kind of rhetoric can have such repercussions. Like this pastor may never even know the repercussions yeah. that his rhetoric has. But like all oh, the possibilities. And I mean this is cause for alarm because so often through history, someone or something terrible comes up and they told us the entire time what they were going to do. Yeah. A good, I mean, I know the rule. No, on, granted, this man has made no no threats about no, what he's he made, intends to do about this. And we don't know if he's ever going to. No. But the thing is, a lot of people who do evil things tell us that they're going to do evil, evil things. things. And people I, don't believe them. I mean, or... I know that the rule of the internet is the first one who brings up Hitler loses. But, <laughs> I mean, a, an extreme oh, example boy. of this is that for years, Hitler told the world what he was going to do. Yeah. He told us exactly what he was going to do. And so... I don't think that we can just say, oh, this is irony, this is metaphor, this is not going to be taken seriously. Maybe he doesn't take it seriously. I don't know. It sounds like he it does. It sounds like he does. Goodness. But well, and, when and, people tell us what they're going to do, I think we should generally take them at face value. And say, okay, if you're going to if you're going to say those things, I'm going to give you the, extend you the respect of believing that you mean them. Exactly. Yeah. We don't disrespect people enough. <laughs> To assume to that they believe them. To yeah. assume that they don't mean what, what they, they say. say. Okay, shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. Now this is this is another good one featuring one of my favorites. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Alex Jones. <laughs> Goblins. <laughs> um. Oh, Alex Jones. Okay. I'm just, by the way, I'm not even picking and choosing these. I'm just you're going. Just, you're just going down the list. I'm just going down you're the list of the headlines, Alex. of the most recent headlines. Okay. Headline, Alex Jones loses it after drag queens reading books to children. Yes. Well, Alex Jones loses it when like the clouds are weird. I know. So. I swear. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. By the way, if you have not <laughs> listened, if you have not listened to Alex Jones, you are missing out. You are really missing something. He is... Mm. He turns red and blows out his vocal yeah, folds. I mean, I'm he still has a voice. I'm amazed that Whew. he hasn't died on camera yet. Like I'm waiting for him to just have a have heart a attack, have a stroke on camera. Wishing it. No, it's just me saying, "Wow, you're getting very, very, very worked up." Yeah, anyway, exactly. I'm just waiting for him to explode. Whew. Anyway. Here's the article. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, the Info the Infowars network floated conspiracy theories about a liberal plot to use drag queens reading books to children in order to sexualize them, leading Infowars host Alex Jones to suffer a complete breakdown and nearly throws his chair across his desk into his camera operators. Yesterday, in the latter half of the Alex Jones show, Jones made a made numerous allegations that a series of events where drag queens read books to children at public libraries had sinister intentions. By the end of his rant, Jones became completely unhinged and began claiming that the drag queens have their way with children in space alien and demon goblin outfits, even roping in baby giraffes. Jones... <laughs> Let's just pause there and end. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. To be clear, we're not we're not laughing at molestation. No, I'm laughing at baby giraffes. <laughs> sorry, I'm <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh, it gets mm. better. Jones let in, imagine if someone in a demon outfit referring to drag costumes showed up next to a baby giraffe and said, Hi, I'm a demon. Be inclusive. Don't be mean to me. Let me wear demon horns and come up and look like a complete alien from another planet. They dress up like space aliens all over the United States of America and all over the world, Jones said of drag queens, in horrible demon psychopath outfits that make Pennywise look beautiful. Have you seen RuPaul? Right? He is beautiful. She is beautiful. Oh, God. Anyway. RuPaul is gorgeous. Anyway. Anyway. And they show up and they have their way with children in demon outfits. I mean, if you've got men that look like 400-pound goblin demons with your children, there is nothing you won't put up with. Jones began to scream. 
All this is is a societal wrecking ball to destroy any semblance of normality, any semblance of basic human biology that you see in the bees and you see in the birds and you see in the pinnipeds and you see in all the other major species of otters and of mice and of cows and of horses and of everything else, ladies and gentlemen. They don't see them out telling pachyderms that it's sexist that there's a male bull and a female cow. Elephants. But again, imagine if, if, imagine if somebody in a demon outfit showed up next to a baby, uh, baby giraffe and said, Hi, I'm a demon. Uh, be inclusive. Don't be mean to me. Let me wear demon horns and come up and look like a complete alien from another planet, let a space alien, and by the way, this is a program. They dress up like space aliens all over the United States and all over the world, I told you, in horrible demon psychopath outfits that make Pennywise look beautiful. And they show up and they have their way with your children in demon outfits. I mean, if you've got men that look like 400-pound goblin demons with your children, there's nothing you won't put up with. There isn't a species on the planet that would let something that looks like a space alien get up close to its kids, but only in America does it happen, and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it right now. I can handle it more Were the drag queens reading them Lolita? Like, <laughs> I mean, where, what? There yeah, isn't no, for me. If 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 you're gonna if you're gonna say it was a plot to sexualize them, well, what were they reading them? <laughs> like, were they reading them? Were they reading porn? Marquis de Sade? Yeah, with, what were they reading them? Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure it was none of those things. I'm sure it was not. I'm sure I'm it was sure children's literature approved by a library. Approved by a public yeah. library, but you know the public libraries. Oh my gosh, that's know, part of right? the state. It's part of the problem. That's part of the. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so that is an article brought to us by Jared Holt. Thank you, Jared. Uh, let me. <laughs> let me put this in context. Yeah. Alex Jones is admired by President Trump. Yeah. Alex Jones. Yeah. Is admired by the president of our country. By the president of our country. Yeah. If you want to know again why this shit is dangerous. Yeah. This is not just some some strange man yelling about demon goblins. No. This is now coming close to mainstream. Yeah. This is this is now what a lot of people believe. So does Alex Jones know what a drag queen is? Like this leaves me with so many questions. <laughs> I know. Do you know what a drag queen is? No, no, they're dressing up as 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 women. Alex, do you think women are space aliens? Do you think women are demons <laughs> That's or goblins? Great... I really want to know. Like, I genuinely want to know at this point. I really want to hear his answer to that. Really, truly. Like, what does he think about women? I want to know that too. I want to know. Because, <laughs> no, they're dressing up like women, you weirdo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh... <laughs> shall we Shall we move on to the next one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this one is... Okay, actually, this one is really horrifying. Oh, but... no. I mean, these are all horrifying. I mean, yeah, levels. Levels, levels of, and degrees. Levels and degrees of horrifying. Okay, so this is from Rick Wilds. He's okay. a prominent, I believe he's a, he, uh, he's described here as an end times broadcaster. Okay. Oh, no. This is an article brought to us by Kyle Mantilla. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. You're way more patient than we are. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Rick Wilds. Las Vegas massacre was carried out by a gay lesbian Nazi regime. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Hmm. End mm -hmm. Times broadcaster Rick Wiles continues to insist that the recent massacre in Las Vegas was carried out uh, by a top secret death squad controlled by a secret world government that is a gay lesbian Nazi regime. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me read that again. Yeah. A top secret death squad controlled by a secret world government that is, quote, a gay lesbian Nazi regime. I stand by my claim that this country has death squads. We have death squads. Just like Chile had just like Europe had them, Operation Gladio. 
We have death squads in this country. And it's being run by a super secret agency. But there is participation at the state and local level. We're in a fascist, Nazi police state. It is frightening. They've been getting away with this. It's getting worse. 9-11, you can just see it's getting worse. They're carrying out these massacres. And, and we're seeing police officers willing to carry out orders that years ago they would have resisted and said, no, no way am I going to do this. And it's not all law enforcement no. officers, but they've got their people. They've got the ones that they've marked aside, that set aside, that they know are going to obey the orders. They've got them indoctrinated. Out. When we give you an order, you go do it. You don't think about it. Listen, there'll be a day that they tell law enforcement to execute your children right in front of you, and they'll do it. Because they were ordered to. What did the Nazis say at the Nuremberg trials? They were, what just was following, their they were just following orders. That's right. We have Nazis. America has become a Nazi state. The deep state is a Nazi state. The Daily Mail in London is reporting Mandalay Bay shooting hero, Jesus Campos, was pressured into giving his only interview to Ellen DeGeneres because the giant company that owns the Las Vegas casino feared he would spill the beans about the shooting timeline if he were grilled by real journalists. MGM is worried the families of the 58 people murdered, as well as the 546 injured in the Mandalay Bay massacre, will launch lawsuits potentially worth billions of dollars against the company, according to sources. And they thought Campos might not keep his story straight under the pressure of the TV lights and tough questioning. That's right. That is why Campos, age 25, appeared on a daytime chat show hosted by a fast-talking, dancing comedian. And let me add, a lesbian. Because this Nazi regime is a gay, lesbian, Nazi regime, just like the Nazis in Hitler stay. Hitler was a, a bisexual. The top Nazi leaders of the Nazi party were homosexuals. The Nazi takeover of Germany was a militant, homosexual, fascist takeover. That is what's taking place in America today. Is this man African-American? No. Because if he were, then I would agree that the state can get away with killing, killing his children. But that's a separate issue. That Sorry. is a separate issue. <clears throat> I got very uncomfortable reading that. Oh, that was that was that was incredibly I'm uncomfortable. Getting, I'm kind yeah. of getting a bit uncomfortable, like airing this. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, no, me too. No, I'm I'm going to, but yeah. just airing this toxicity, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this I'm. This is um. This is more. Tra- this is more traumatizing than you were anticipating. This is more toxic <laughs> than I was <laughs> anticipating. So, um, listeners, yeah. if this is too well, much for you, I'm sorry. He did say just like the historic Nazi party. He does realize that they targeted homosexuals well, right so actually a history lesson here there is a book that started this theory oh boy and it's called the pink swastika oh right yeah it's called the pink swastika homosexuality in the nazi party by scott lively now, scott lively is a notorious anti-gay advocate uh, anti-gay activist he is also one of the people responsible for the horribly draconian anti-gay laws in uganda he's one of the um inspirers he he instigators instigators of that and so his thesis is now i haven't read the book the pink swastika but basically the idea is that nazis were were evil because they were gay Essentially, yeah. I mean, something like that. Yeah, that they were that they were fund that they were a gay movement. Mm -hmm. That they were that they were yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, there were a few homosexuals. Sure, there were a few gay people, but Mm -hmm. no, the Nazi Party was not was not predominantly was not predominantly gay. 
and erasing the historic fact historical fact that the nazi party and and the concentration camps targeted homosexual people absolutely to kill and to that's where the pink triangle comes from yeah the pink triangle is a gay symbol because that's what they put on the doors Mm -hmm. in the concentration camps to signify that it was a gay prisoners they were holding homosexual people yeah exactly no it i mean this is getting into really really dark stuff this is getting into very dark dark lies about the lgbt community yeah and it's just an extreme level of fear-mongering it is it's just a Mm -hmm. staggering level of fear-mongering kind of it's kind of yeah it's kind of astounding disgusting i mean oh it's it's revolting yeah and uh scapegoating mm-hmm. and othering and othering and, and, uh, and there are people who believe this there are i mean there mm-hmm. are people just walking around just just people just who, people who, have, walk. who believe this and i'm i'm going to say who have chosen to believe this absolutely because i'm sorry there is not enough empirical evidence for no. this no no none no there is none this is this is a confirming something deep within them mm-hmm. that hates and loathes People, people who are different. People, people who, who are, are different. Other. Yeah. I mean, okay. In this particular way. Yeah. Well, that's horrifying. That's pretty. Um, that, was, that, was, that was heavy. Let's, uh, let's find... Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on from that one. Oh, God. Oh, this is... This looks horrifying. Okay. Oh, okay. Mass resistance, which I'm assuming is an organization. Probably. A right-wing organization. Yeah. Mass Resistance wants to gross America out with book about gay sex. This is an article by Peter Montgomery. Cool. Mass Resistance, a vehemently anti-LGBTQ group, has published a nearly 600-page tome called The Health Hazards of Homosexuality, What the Medical and Psychological Research Reveals, which it promoted and sold at last weekend's Values Voter Summit. In the foreword, Mass Resistance leader Brian Kemenker calls it a unique resource on an untouchable subject. In 2015, Kemenker spoke at an anti-gay gathering and said that conservative Christians need to view the fight against LGBTQ movement as a war, not a church service. Huh. Let me, let me read that again. In 2015, Kemmaker spoke at an anti-gay gathering and said that conservative Christians need to view the fight against the LGBTQ movement as a war, not a church service. God, he said, has a very brutal set of rules. That's an actual quote. Mm -hmm. For people who want to tear down society, who want to push immorality, who want to tear down the moral structure of society, they, quote, must be destroyed. Oh, must they? In the new book, Kemmaker is clear that he views it as a political weapon in his war against homosexuality. We hope that the information in this book will encourage our society to take a step back, understand what the normalization of homosexuality has brought in its wake, and reconsider the course we're on. Okay, this is a longer article, so I'm not going to read, read the rest of it. I think that, that will suffice. So, yeah. you know, something that, that yeah. came to mind as I was reading that was i i feel like it's important to distinguish that this does not represent most people who are not affirming most people who are not affirming yeah no i mean this is definitely an extreme minority but these ideas are are out there not only are they out there they're they're big yeah. Even though it's a minority espousing them. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very loud minority. Very loud minority and very influential minority. Mm-hmm. And that cannot be underestimated. I mean, these are these are people with multi-million dollar think tanks behind them. Mm-hmm. And these are people who influence voting and who influence policy and influence a lot of stuff. As a, we've seen. A lot of stuff yeah. in society. As okay. we've seen. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of writing this weird balance doing this episode because on the one hand i don't want to laugh i mean on the other hand yeah i want to laugh on the other hand i don't want to i don't want to say that this is all right wingers and Mm -hmm. i don't want to focus on just the extreme minority and i don't want to just i also don't want to trivialize but i also don't want to trivialize it people are openly saying this and being lauded and applauded for saying it and i don't want to to fear monger by by spread by reading it even and so I don't know. I'm I'm having lots of emotions doing this. Yeah. So many feels. So many feels. Okay. Let, let's move on to another one. Here is an article 
brought to us by Peter Montgomery. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Values Voter Summit panelist. So the Values Voter Summit is, I think, this huge right-wing conference. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Values Voter Summit panelist. Divide and conquer to defeat totalitarian trans inclusion policies. Hmm. Last weekend's Value Vo- Values Voter Summit, the annual political gathering sponsored by the intensely anti-LGBTQ Family Research Council, they're showing up again, mm-hmm. featured a breakout session on transgender ideological ideology in public schools. One panelist encouraged a divide and conquer strategy to defeat totalitarian school policies on transgender inclusion. Family Research Council's Kathy Roos and Peter Sprigg were joined on the panel by three people connected to a battle over the adoption of transgender inclusion non-discrimination policy in 2015 by the School Board of Fairfax County, Virginia, which is located outside Washington, D.C. and is one of the nation's largest public school systems. Elizabeth Schultz, a member of the Fairfax County School Board, said that while Fairfax's size means that it is often a trendsetter in education policy, it is also too often a, lo- a laboratory for experimentation. She hmm. criticized the race to embrace what she called an ideologically driven trans inclusive policy in a matter of weeks. Contrasting it to the decade, she said the school board spent considering a change to school starting times. Megan Kilgannon, a parent and director of Concerned Parents and Education and Educators of Fairfax County, called the school's board. The school board's actions a massive violation of public trust. She offered three strategic non-negotiables and five tactics that activists in other school districts could use to fight policies on gender identity. Kilgannon's first non-negotiable was focus on gender identity to divide and conquer. Okay, so she's laying down battle plans. Sure. She's to 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 fight. Mm trans inclusion trans inclusion for all of its recent success the lgbt alliance is actually fragile and the trans activists need the gay rights movement to help legitimize them gender identity on its own is just a bridge too far if you separate the t from the alphabet soup we'll have more success this is a long article yeah okay so basically what it's saying is it's drawing up plans to actively destroy trans inclusion policies trans inclusion policies Mm -hmm. in schools yeah and the fact that it's schools, I mean, brings it brings it to an interesting level because, to me, the whole issue of of say trans rights or even gay rights, it gets to the it gets to the very foundation of what we mean when we say we are a nation of freedom and democracy. Like really, really, truly, it does. Because here's the mm. thing: your right to swing your fist ends where my nose begins. Yeah, you can swing your fist all you want. You can believe what you want about gay and trans people, but you cannot do things that would actively harm them or take away their basic human rights. Their freedoms. Their freedoms. The pro- and I guess the the fundamental problem here is that these people see their fundamental human rights as violations in some way. Uh yeah, and uh And it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. You mm. their fundamental human rights. Mm-hmm. Period. They're fundamental human rights and you have to give them to people that you don't like or disagree with. They are still people. Exactly. The end. Uh and it seems like the the far right can't quite get on board with that and here here we go. Can't necessarily distinguish between rights and privileges. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, the right to let's say a public education <clears throat> a, a free public education if you are a citizen of the united states and you are under a certain age you are you have the right that by the way we have set up the system you have the right to this public education exactly it doesn't matter if you're black it doesn't matter if you're uh if you're you trans know, if you're trans if you're lgbtq it doesn't matter if you're gay if you're disabled in some way it doesn't matter if you're disabled you have the right well unfortunately it does well, matter and that's but, just it but and that that's is just it but the the concept is the idea is the ideal is that you know that we're we should be working towards is that everybody has the right to this public education exactly um and uh yeah and then I'm sorry, but uh, let's say you want to have oh goodness, you want to you want to send your child to a school full of people who agree with you. Well, those exist, 
and they're called private schools, and those are a privilege. Exactly. There's a difference between a right and a privilege. And uh, I, I watch Christians, and particularly Christian fundamentalist <clears throat> Christians and, and peop, folk, folks on the right and on the conservative side of the spectrum, become very upset when they lose privileges, which are not rights. Which they internalize Which they rights. have enjoyed for a very long time, for so long that they seem like rights, but they're not. Exactly. They're absolutely not. Absolutely. The right to exclude people who, with whom you disagree or whom you do not like is not a right, at least not in America. Yeah. And <laughs> at least not, not. In, and not in the public not square. Not in the public square. If you wish to exclude them from a <clears> private <throat> setting, that is absolutely legitimate. Yes. Okay. <sighs> so... Here's a good one. This well, not good. It's it's another horrifying one. We've we've taken a deep dive taken into. Taken a turn, y'all. We have taken a turn into some scary shit. Mm. It's like I feel like we're scratch the surface and oh my gosh, it's I f- alive. I feel like we took a turn off of Diagon Alley into into Nocturne Alley <laughs> into Nocturne Alley. <laughs> um, oh, listen to this podcast for Harry Potter references, ladies and gents. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this is an article brought to us by Kyle Mantilla. Dave Dobbenmeyer. Ooh, nice name. It's the only nice thing about him, probably. <laughs> Dave Dobbenmeyer says, interracial marriage has weakened America because, quote, multiculturalism is spiritual AIDS. <sighs> okay. Now they're actually coming out and just saying it. And just saying it. They're yeah. just saying it. Because I'm sorry, but a lot of the same arguments that are currently being made against, let's say, gay rights or trans inclusion were made in the era of segregation. Let's let's talk about that. Anyway. Yeah, let's, anyway. Okay. Here's what it says. Right-wing activist Dave Dobbenmeyer used his Pass the Salt Live. It's actually called Pass the Salt. Ah! Okay. <laughs> this is the name of that. his show. That's 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 fun. Yeah. Uh, right wing <laughs> activist Dave Dobbenmeyer used his Pass the Salt oh, Live web webcast this morning to declare that multiculturalism is spiritual AIDS and suggest uh-huh. that acceptance of interracial marriage has weakened America. Dobbenmeyer, an anti-Semite who routinely warns that liberals are trying to destroy white Christian culture, said that there is no way to blend together, quote, a Christian American white Anglo-Saxon culture with a Hispanic culture that doesn't even speak the language of, that doesn't even speak the language with a Muslim culture that serves an entirely different God. They gave us force busing and integration and the desire. It was the beginning of the idea that we are one great big what society all equal multicultural and it's our differences that make us strong and all that stuff is true but when you get to the point when you're talking about culture and a how do you blend together a christian american white anglo-saxon culture with a hispanic culture that doesn't even speak the language with a muslim culture that has serves an entirely different God with a government that has a different set of rules. Folks, listen, a culture is divide this is defined by the rules and regulations and beliefs that they have. That's what makes a culture a culture. It is not about race. What have they done? They focus all on race. Should a Christian black family be able to be in relationship with a Christian white family? Of course. Should a Christian American family be able to be in a relationship with an Asian Christian family? Of course. Does it require intermixing? See, a lot of you are really uncomfortable. But this has been the seeds of disharmony and disunity that's been planted in our children. See, today, oh, this is going to come across wrong. Lord, help me to say it in the right way. Today, Oh, Lord, help me to say it. Today, interracial marriage would be considered honorable when 40 years ago, it would have been considered a disgrace. Now, is it a disgrace or is it honorable? And is the, has the mixing of culture been good for America or has it been bad? Is America stronger today than we were 40 years ago or are we weaker today? And it could be, are we weaker today because multiculturalism is spiritual AIDS and has brought an infection into what was the once great Christian 
American culture. Man, guys, this is this is deep, deep, deep. So I say we got to get the kids out of the public schools. Redbirds fly with redbirds. Bluebirds fly with bluebirds. Christians fly with Christians. Muslims fly with Muslims. The way the world is. Oh yeah, no, no, and that's and that's something that I think s- some folks don't realize is that a lot of the same arguments that were made against, say, interracial marriage, are being They're, made against gay marriage and trans inclusion and and yeah. multiculturalism in right. general. Because here's the thing: if the federal it's cut government, from the same cloth, if the federal government has the right to force school systems to integrate, which they had to do in living memory, people, in living memory. This is not, you know, 200 years ago. This is in the 1960s. If, if the federal government has, to, has the right to step in and force a school system to integrate racially, yes. then I'm sorry, but by extension, they have the right to step in and say, you must include gay students. Exactly. You must not harass or persecute gay or trans students yes because frankly uh, democracy does not always win or democracy does not always work well democracy can can often you know if it's just the rule of the people if it is only the mob the majority the majority can be evil yeah that or or the or an influential minority can be evil and and treat other people evilly absolutely in a lot of cases is kind of what's going on let me fin- I can't believe I'm reading this in 2017. <laughs> it sounds naive to say that, I guess. But uh, no, yeah. Can I just say? So I, I'm guessing that he doesn't consider Catholics Christians. So that's that's a place to start. Yeah, I'm and assuming so. And I'm guessing so. that he doesn't consider Orthodox Christians Christians because that's a place to start. Yeah. Um. Anyone brown? Anybody brown? Anyone? Anybody who doesn't speak English? Anyone in the most yeah. ancient Christian traditions? traditions? Also, let's talk about the fact that Jesus was Jewish. Also, I mean, there are just so many levels. I mean, There's so many layers to unpack here. And <laughs> and okay, here yeah. I I firmly believe that liberal cosmopolitanism, mm. that that liberal multiculturalism, multiculturalism is the only way forward. It is the bedrock. It I'm is, gonna say it again: the bedrock of American society. It is the. We are a melting pot. We are. Built on immigration. The first members of my family to come to America might have come in 1624, but guess what? They were still immigrants yeah. who didn't speak the language. And you're Portuguese. They didn't speak, well, that's that's another branch of my family who came over in the late 1800s. And you have Hispanic cousins. And I have Hispanic. It just, it, it, the list goes on and on. And you're we American. Are a, but here's my point. This Anglo-Saxon Christian American culture that has arisen, yes, it exists. Is but, bullshit. But it's... But it, it certainly should not hold some kind of hallowed, special, quote, more real place in American culture. Because I'm sorry, we are a nation of immigrants. Even the white Anglo-Saxon ancestors of mine who came over from England in the 1600s, they were still immigrants. And they still came over. And, well, this is, a compl- this is just another subject we could launch into. And they still killed native populations. And they were immigrants. And then ever since then, we are a nation that has been built on immigration and i know that this particular point has been used occasionally to say well 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 certain white immigrant populations had it just as bad as the slaves which i don't believe no but let's let's consider the fact that in the 1800s for for a large portion of it irish people were not considered white Exactly. Because they they were, say, Catholic or because they spoke Gaelic or because they were poor. Like, this is a constantly changing idea, this idea of what is American or what is is American. No, no. Uh, Hi. Very good. (laughs) Yeah, no. And this is this is why I mean, the, the unavoidable reality that we are now a community of nations yeah. because of advances in technology. Right? We have to accept that too. We have sorry, to accept this. But digging in our feet and saying, oh, it was better then. Oh, it was better then. Because, well, let's be frank, because certain folks felt more comfortable 40 years ago, certainly felt more superior to others 40 years ago felt like they had a bigger share of the pie 40 years ago 
uh, that's not a reason to say that, say, globalism is bad. It is happening. That is a fact, and we have to come to terms and with it. And we cannot resist it. You can't it. stop it. You, We're resistance not going to be able to stop futile. it. And saying that it's amoral or, or less than is silly. I'm and sorry. lazy. Silly and lazy. It is lazy. It's, it's about somebody who doesn't want to get out of their comfort zone. They say, oh, I'm familiar with speaking English, and I'm familiar with hamburgers and apple pie. And so those are the only things that are legitimate. And that's just silly. Yeah. It's immature. It is. Well, that was that was horrifying. I think this is a good one to end on. Okay. Okay. James Robison says, The increasing wisdom of Trump's tweets is a sign of his maturing Christian faith. <laughs> Does he cite any? I Well, let me Let's see. see. Let's see. And this is an article brought to us by Kyle Mantilla. Yesterday, Charisma Magazine's Oh God... Yeah. Charisma Magazine. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm familiar with Charisma Magazine. Charisma yeah. Magazine is, is crazy. Okay. Yesterday, Charisma Magazine, Steve Strang released audio of an interview he conducted for his forthcoming book, God and Donald Trump, with televangelist James Robison, who, had, who has been a key spiritual advisor to Trump since the campaign. Okay. Sure. Mental sure. note. Yep. This guy. He's someone who knows Trump well and, and knows of his spiritual state quite well. And is a spiritual advisor yeah. to Trump. Robison revealed that he had urged Trump not to speak, uh, that he had urged Trump not to try to speak in religious terms, but to simply let his personal growth reveal to the world the way in which his faith in Christ has changed his heart, insisting that the nation is witnessing the spiritual growth in the increased maturity of Trump's tweets and his treatment of women. I have been with him in so many settings, Robison said, with so many different people, including one, including on the plane and in the car, watching how he treats everybody. It is absolutely one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. He is so respectful. And then he'll get up and be like Muhammad Ali, punching everybody out, knocking them out. And they'll think, well, he doesn't have love. Well, did you ever think maybe love knocks out the enemy that is hurting all the people that need that love? So that's what he is doing. So yes, what he is accomplishing and what must be accomplished is an answer to people's prayers. <clears throat> he just needs to keep doing what he is doing, Robison continued. He is just getting wiser every day. His tweets are getting wiser. And by the way, doing those tweets, he is doing the thing that every leader is going to have to do. You have to... You have got to communicate directly with the people you love, directly with the American people, and you have and you have got to be able to do it around a biased, totally anti-God, anti-Christian, biblical worldview media. You have to talk continually to the American people, and God bless him, he's doing it, and I think that his tweets will become wiser and wiser as he walks out the power of Scripture and the truth that wisdom offers and the incredible wisdom that makes possible unbelievable correction and restoration if you'll just keep doing that and then just share his heart more and more you're going to see continuous wisdom. I watch it every day. Robison claimed that he has sown a deep seed of faith in Trump, and he's very, very responsive. The ways he respects Rex Tillerson, oh, mm. not mm, recent news suggests otherwise, maybe. James Mattis, the one or the ones around him, Mike Pompeo, Ben Carson, the people he's put there. I've watched him honor his assistants that have been with him 15 or 20 years and talk about him maybe not respecting women. I've never seen a man treat women behind the scenes any more respectfully than I've watched him treat them when I'm around him, and he's not doing it for show. Uh, if that's true, then I'm very glad that Trump's, Trump treats women respectfully in private. Um, I, I uh, have a hard time believing that but this sure. man sounds deeply deluded i i don't know deeply here's the thing delusional. here's the thing if he treats women respectfully in private that's good uh i i wish that would translate into more respect for them in public <laughs> yes <clears throat> uh because i'm sorry but but if you're gonna do it privately and not publicly what does that say about your your uh well commitment to also that? what 
behavior. what real person actually does that. Yeah. Like, let's just ask yeah. that question. Like, what real person is be mm. is like, oh, I'm just, you know, being mean for show. Yeah. And then behind the scene. Mean and disrespectful Mean, for show. disrespectful, misogynistic, hateful towards women, abusive towards women publicly. And then behind the scenes is this total... You know, uh-huh. feminist, egalitarian, right? treats women treats with women enormous respect. With enormous what respect. real person does that? I just don't buy that a human being would do that. I it it seems it seems fishy on a lot of levels. I I obviously can't vouch for no, what Trump I mean, does we, in private. But uh, highly skeptical. I am, I am per- very skeptical. I am highly skeptical. And uh, I'm not sure what he means by increasing wisdom of tweets unless he means catapulting us further and further towards the possibility of nuclear war i mean that's the thing how is threatening north korea in a tweet wise also i find the comparison to muhammad ali really ironic <laughs> yeah good point that, <laughs> what an ironic comparison what yeah. a very ironic what comparison. a strange and ironic comparison <sighs> yeah no um here's here's the thing in in the bible which i assume what was what was the name of this spiritual advisor again? James Robison. Which I assume James Robison holds to be authoritative in, in scripture, the Christian scriptures. Uh, it says that, quote, you will know them by their fruits, referring to you will know followers and disciples of Jesus by their fruits. And I, I, I assume he's he that's sort of what he's getting at here is that, you know, the increasing wisdom of these tweets and his treatment of the people around him shows shows a, a sort of spiritual growth and and i guess that reveals maybe a deep flaw here because Mm -hmm. your perception of good fruit is very subjective there we go there we go it's very subjective what do we mean by by wisdom and this man just seems totally deluded it seems so strange and frighteningly deluded i mean i i really would i would love to i would love to have him define some terms what does he mean by wisdom what would what would be his idea of treating a woman well and respectfully? And also, what is his definition of strong Christian faith? Also, that because that could mean a lot. It could if mean his, a lot of things. Is his girl. if his definition mm-hmm. of strong Christian faith is like the earlier guy where multi mm-hmm. multiculturalism is, is poison awful. is AIDS? Yeah. Then uh, and something you shouldn't do if you're a strong Christian. Then yeah. that would make then some sense. We're gonna have some different definitions here. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, do you have any final thoughts? Ooh people be nuts i don't know yeah people be nuts and and here's the thing there are you know we're doing this episode we hope not to make light of this and we also yeah. hope not to get, not to say this is all people on the right no but and even the people who who believe these may believe these things they are still people yeah um, i may not respect their their opinions um but i i hope that i you know yeah and, you know, we do this to uh, to point out, laugh at, and uh, take very seriously simultaneously the fact that these are powerful people right now. Some of them. They are a minority, but they are powerful people. They have the ear of the president. And let's not... Let's not... Forget that. Let's not forget that. Let's no. not take that lightly. No. And uh, let's continue to be as clear-eyed as we can be about all this. As, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. The music is by Matt Langston, The Jelly Rocks. Artwork is by Justin Kayla Bryant. Thank you so much, Danielle, for doing this. Oh, sure. <laughs> and uh, so if you have comments, if you want to respond to what we've been talking about, you can find me at sbradfordlong.com. Uh, you can read the numerous articles there that I have about faith doubt, LGBT issues, mental health, so on and so forth. You can also find me at Twitter, at Stephen B. Long. Also, if you want to support me in other ways, please write a positive review in iTunes or wherever you listen. That is so helpful. That really helped me reach a wider audience. I will see you next week.